if you said to people, Kevin Smith, just name five things about him. The first will be the movies and or clerks and one of the titles. But if the second thing will be what? No, with uh, the comics. Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. fucking comics. Like right. people, I've become for over years the comics guru and they go to me for a comics quote. I've written, I own a comic book store. I'm champion of comics. I work for here and you know, comic book guy. Welcome back to Maxie's Taxi. Today's episode will tell the tale of The Secret Stash, Kevin Smith's famous comic book store in Red Bank, New Jersey. Kevin Smith, of course, is the director of films such as Clerks and Mallrats and Chasing Amy and Jersey Girl, and he's the most successful celebrity to spring from our little town of Highlands. Kevin's always been a Gabby fellow, and he's turned his loquaciousness and yakety yak into the production of at least a dozen podcasts. In fact, he's become the Andy Warhol of podcasting, the king of pod. Lately, I've been listening to his most Highlands-centric podcast called Highlands A Peephole History, which can be found by Googling Smodcast. That's S-M-O-D-C-A-S-T, Smodcast. My name is Kevin Smith. My name is Brian Johnson. My name is Walt Flanagan. And we're here to talk about Highlands, a people history. I'd been wanting to hear Kevin Smith's stories about growing up in the little hometown we share, but after listening to the first few episodes, I was most intrigued by the 25-year story of The Secret Stash, because it was not just the genesis and evolution of a comic book store, but more the story of a 34-year-old friendship, a friendship between Kevin Smith and Walt Flanagan that started with a Batman seed and ultimately grew into Kevin Smith buying his own comic book store. But let's flash back to the beginning of this relationship, back to the 80s, and back to the Highlands Recreation Center, where Walt and Kevin first met. You started in September of 86? Yeah. I joined the rec then only two years after you? Yeah. I thought you'd been there for, like, ever. Well, I had been going there as a kid. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought as an employee. Well, how, why would you think that, though? Did I look that much older than you? You you were like Fonzie in that. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, like you would tap the front desk. Well, as you can see, in any any environment, I own it if I'm there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. You were, no, you had the place wired in such a way that I was like, he's been here forever. I assumed it. I mean, because for whatever reason, I thought you'd been there for years before me. It's interesting to find out it's only two. It's a game changer. Not really. It would well. It would have been back in time if I was like. Well, you're intimidated. Oh, very much. He wanted so. to be chachi to your Fonzie. Totally, because like I, everything that I had known had come to a complete end. I was out of Henry Hudson. Well, how'd you get the job? My guidance counselor in school. Um, I was in the class in the one. You know, you had a mandatory session every semester or something like that. And so I was just like, well, look, I could use your help getting a job. I need a job. And she's like, well, there's a job at the Highlands Recreation Center. Blah blah blah. So it was through school that I got that job. And it was like for the case program, which was a children's after school enhancement. enhancement. 
essentially it was a latchkey kid program kind of thing where kids come down from school and spend the next three, four hours there until their parents pick them up. Um, okay, so when I get to the place, um, I'm a blank slate, essentially, is what I'm getting at. So it started in 87. So you'd only been working at the rec for a year prior to me getting there not to. And you still seem like you had it <laughs> wired like Fonzie. But what it was, it was just your very shut down, per, you know, kind of personality. It was like, <laughs> years yeah, ago. Yeah. Because when I joined the rec, Walter and I didn't talk for eight months. <laughs> and, In a very tiny building. I mean, and we worked together for three hours a day. I mean, it wasn't a taxing job. That's what I loved about it. It was like from three to six, sometimes seven or whatever. And the pay was pretty good. It was like seven or eight, maybe not five. Six, I don't know. It was a little more than minimum okay wage. for a high school student. And he, totally. And also for what you were doing. Um, but for eight months I worked there, I remember Tim introducing me on the first day. It was like, this is Walter uh, Flanagan and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, and you know, hey, that was the last thing you said to me until eight months later when I brought up another conversation. So building was not very big and we would be in close proximity all the time. But it was like working with Lurch. You know, you just <laughs> didn't really talk. You just every once in a while you would react like Ugh. you rag. Yeah. <laughs> or, <laughs> or just react in a way of like. <laughs> Something displeased you, you can tell. But that was, you didn't, it was a series of grunts and shit. Well, did you see my, like, Brian come down and see me? <laughs> yeah, like your friends would come in and you were like, hey! <laughs> These guys must be fucking, they got something I don't. <laughs> so there was that from the get go, eight months of some, it's like doing prison term with somebody and being in the same cell and you don't have a conversation until like the first year in and you're like, where are you from? We met in 87. You just didn't start talking <laughs> <laughs> until 88. I, I need time to warm up yet. to people. Not that I ever talked to you in high school. Right. I had to admit, I was, um, I saw you in a talent show and I was like, that ain't funny. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Did you see Sketch? Like that. Oh, no, you can say it. I wouldn't have bothered me. You think uh, like it now at this point? I'm like, that's the break. Because I think, get out, Walt. <laughs> <laughs> Bri, you're hired. I don't know. I'm done with I, you. I, I I'm tread lightly. my robe and shit. I'm like, Bri, you're in charge. <laughs> I tread lightly because I remember something about. <laughs> Uh, Why would you tread lightly about the talent show? Because I, all I remember is something about <laughs> you, you know, Ralph Cramden. Yeah, I did the Honey Impress. And I and people went crazy for it. Yes. And I remember Sue, I was sitting and was like, that shit ain't funny. Uh, <laughs> see? But that's, the, but that's the wall planning I'm talking about. That's the wall planning that forged me from, from steel. Remade the me in 19... By the time we started having a conversation, <laughs> it was at the end of my senior year. We finally had a conversation about... I finally worked up the sack to be like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and he ran away to the bathroom. <laughs> Did he run away to the bathroom? Covered his face? <laughs> <laughs> Put myself against the door. Sink down to the floor on my ass. That didn't go as I planned at all. I'm like crying. I rehearsed it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> when I did it with the dog, it went great. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I was like, I was like, uh, I know you like comics, man. Um, I, I, you like Batman was a conversation, and I said to you, I wrote a report on Batman last That's year. That's right. Yes. Yeah. I said uh, you were like really, and I yeah, said that yeah. That was that. That was that was the moment where suddenly, after eight months, 
the dude actually turned his head to be like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, where'd you come from? Who are you? Um, and I was like, yeah, I wrote a, I wrote a report on Batman and whatnot. And I got an A on it. And they were like, oh, get out of here. Can I read it? You actually asked to read it. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it in. And I brought it in and gave it to you. Um, and then the next day, um, when you came in, I was like, what'd you think? Well, how close was I? And you were like, that ain't Batman. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, there ain't no Aunt Harriet in the comics. <laughs> like, that's the Batman TV show. I was like, what do you mean? And you were like, well, you got some right stuff about Frederick Wortham and the seduction of the innocent, but you got it mixed in with Shep. They've never done that in the comics. There was never an Aunt Harriet. They never did Chief O'Hara. That was all from the TV show. I was like, really? And then, um, and I don't even know why I did it because I'm not that guy. Right. But I remember I going home that night and I, um, and I was in my room. It was at my mom's house. And um, there was the tray paper rack at the dark night. I could see it. And I was like, you know, I'm going to bring that in. I'm going to show that guy. And you were like, I'll show you here, man. And that's when you brought in Dark Knight Returns. You're like, this is Batman. If you like Batman, dude, read this. This is real Batman. I was like, all right. And next day I came in and I'd read the whole thing. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. That was our whole friendship is predicated on Batman. <laughs> um, but it's predicated on interest in comics because I come back and I'm like, this is great, man. What else is there? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, well, you should come out. And there's a ton of stuff. And then as you introduced me to comics, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Like I'd like comics as a kid, but I'd right. stop collecting. Before high school started, I, I would read all this Marvel shit and want to go through it. And this is in high school. I just kind of let it go. And you're like, why? And I was like, um, nobody really read comics. You're like, That's, see, man, there's some badass comics, man. People won't read them. Like you got very like, you know, it was the stance of like, you got to change your mind. <laughs> you got to change the way of thinking and turn it around. And I'm sure to, to you, I was just a ride to a comic book store. <laughs> <laughs> you got wheels? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a car. <laughs> no, I remember, um, I remember you being First like. First taste is free, Tubby. <laughs> Next taste is a ride. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, can we stop for a second? It's an important detail yeah, that we're glossing over. <laughs> a very important detail. How old are you at this point? 18. You would have been 18 going on 19. Yeah. You don't have a license. Didn't have a license. Now, this is rare in our neck of the woods because you can get a license, a learner's permit at age 16. By 17, everybody in Hudson. Drove. You go on your birthday to get it. Oh, you, I mean, you <laughs> ran to it. Like it was just, it wasn't even, it was rite of passage. It was, it was just you, the thing you did as soon as you could. You were like, gotta get it. I gotta get this it. This license yeah. is freedom. It was like, it was every Bruce Springsteen song ever written. I get this, I'm gone, baby. I'm born like, to run. Yeah, they, this one horse town ain't holding me back. <laughs> the drive to get the license was the drive for life. When I met you, you had no license. And when we started hanging out, you were how old? Because I was about 18. Well, that would have been 88. 88, no, 29. 20. And it was, I mean, for lack of a better description, it was strange. It was odd. Oh, yeah. Like, I, and I remember being like, I remember having to literally go like, did you lose it for drinking? <laughs> and you were like, you look scruffy. <laughs> I, mean, well, I thought I was like, that would be a metal explanation. <laughs> like, I can't drive because I got busted. I demand my license. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I should have went with that story. Said the fucking truth. Yeah. I'm like, no, I just don't have it. I'm afraid to get it. I'm afraid I'm going to fucking crash. <laughs> Is that the reason you never got the license? I yeah, I, I had like a phobia of it. I was like, man, I don't know if I could drive a car. I'm going to fucking hit somebody. I know it. So okay, but being afraid of like hitting somebody with the vehicle is one thing, but like having a license is such a like you need a license. People are like I nice didn't. driver's license, <laughs> and I guess you, you didn't need to in the world that you were dwelling. And then I well, I got a job that I could see from my backyard. There was no part of you that even though you were like I'm afraid of driving a car, like everybody else is getting their license. I better get my license. What it got to go a like, point where it was like you never see like somebody gets a tumor and they just let it grow till it's the size of another person. So it's like a goiter. Yeah, or that. yeah. Well, it was I like that. Personally, but it was you just kept avoiding the yeah. pink elephant in the room. Or yeah, I just was like, I don't need it. I, and I don't think about it because I'm like, it's been so long. I'm probably never going to get it. <laughs> Did you really think there was a time you thought you would never have a driver's license? Probably. Yeah. I mean, now this, when you talk about kids not having a driver's license, if you're a fucking city kid, like if you live in Manhattan. Right, because you're taking the subway or buses. We or... live in the suburbs. I mean, you can't do anything without the power go, of a license. If you go from Highlands to Red Bank in a car, it takes 12 to 15 minutes. If you take the bus, it takes an hour and 10 minutes. Which you would do a lot. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Would do, in order to get from Highlands to buy comics and eventually, I mean, you couldn't People have, were driving me around now. You, you had a bad network of friends. <laughs> we're we're the dickheads. I mean, Why like, didn't you guys pull an intervention? <laughs> I, I, it was this one of those things that, like, once I talked to you about it, and and you I know like, it was a problem with your mom, right? Because she was like, "Why the fuck are you always driving this car?" Yeah, yeah so, uh, not a problem, but she was <laughs> like, she just couldn't understand. She's like, "How old is he?" And I was like, "He's older than me." <laughs> she couldn't get that, or it was always like. Why doesn't he drive? Like, he doesn't have a license. So we got, I got to drive. She's like, we're putting all these miles on the car. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's not allowed he's slow? <laughs> slow walk. Um, okay, so that just ties up. You didn't get the license. When did you get the license? I don't know. I, my, 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 wife, my future wife uh, took, you? took me under her wing. It was like, I'm going to show you how to drive. <laughs> I, to, I also taught you. you used to, Before I have children yes, I with did, you. That station wagon. Yeah, Remember? I, I know, but I, it didn't go well, though. I'm not saying it went well. Yeah. I'm just saying I tried to help you it drive. Was yeah, bad, right? Yeah, I was terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't a great. He wasn't co- a good teacher he, though. He's like, the fucker, cursing and fucking making me all sweaty and shit. My wife you didn't were do barking, that. Barking at him while teaching him to drive. But I don't recall like, barking. I remember like supportive. you. You were like you weren't saying doing a good. You like if I was doing a good job, you didn't reinforce me. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> real wide and fast. No, I also no, remember no. you fucking <laughs> slamming on the brakes in uh, in front of my house, and Hartscrove hit his head on the dashboard. <laughs> Yeah, I was a bad driver when I first started. Um, well, then Debbie taught me how. <laughs> she, she tenderly taught so me how to Debbie. drive. Uh, there, she was, she was a, were there kisses involved? Like you did good. Gentle, you yeah. A little pat on the ass. Like right. A uh, you, had to re, you had to reinforce uh, I was doing good instead of like. You point know, out like the negative. Like pull yeah. over and you give him a hug, like an awkwardly long hug. And right. Like, I'm so proud of you. Buddy, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> you're old. You're 20. I know you're 25. You learned how to drive. <laughs> you're doing awesome. <laughs> Somebody calls the cops. They're like, there's two dudes hugging in front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you, uh, you eventually did get it. How old? 21, 22, 23. I think it was closer. It was a topic of conversation. Like one of those things. Why do you think he doesn't have his license? Like, did he get something happen when he was a boy? Was he cut with a license? What happened? Like, I remember having discussions like that. 
Now that Walt had a driver and Kevin had access to Walt's encyclopedic knowledge of all things comic book, the two of them were able to scale new heights of comic book nirvana. Um, you definitely had to open up and say, like, I'd like to go, you know, if you're ever going, you know, I'd like to come along or something. Yeah, something I probably, to, I probably, that would be very accurate. I would definitely. You, you, had, to, you had to Where open do I that get door. This? Where do I get more of this, essentially, was me I was asking. like, you can go to a store, you can go to a show. Right. And I was probably like, hey, man, next time. And there going. was a show that weekend okay. in, in Port Monmouth, where I now live. Get out of here. Oh, at the VFW? Yeah. And then the, after that show. Yes, that show. At the you VFW just dropped me off. And like, I'll see you at work. Not really sure if we're like dating or not. We were, like, <laughs> there was no kiss. There was no, yeah, there was no like, like we're friends or whatever. Just like, all right, I'll see you at work. Right. And then, um, we started talking more about comics and then we started, you like going like to, now we have something stores. to talk about. Yes. Which opens the door to all sorts of conversations. At this point, it, our comic relationship <laughs> flourishes with every weekend right now. Yeah, i'm digging you because you're you're funny <laughs> and i and i like um going out and get buying you still won't you. compliment me on my high school sketch work you know the ralph that, well, i've forgotten about that That's but when well you befriended me. him i remember you called me and you you talked about kev and you said you know kevin smith and i did know him like i knew of him and mm -hmm. i had spoken to him a couple times but you said he's a pretty funny guy and you told me the joke he made about somebody down at the wreck one of the kids was sick and their parents wouldn't give him medicine or something. And Kev was pretending that he was an Amish guy. <laughs> do you remember that? No, I do yeah. remember that. Bit. Do you remember that Just joke? Like, we can't have this medicine up the house. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I was like, he's pretty funny. Like every weekend we would go out to shows. Like the first time I went with you to the VFW show, I was like, that's great. Let's do it all. There's shows every weekend. Yeah, or, we go to if not York. just shows, if there were no, no shows to go to, cause there weren't shows every weekend. But there was always like a, a store, a, a monthly uh, show in, in New Jersey, but a monthly show in New York, too, with the Pemp and stuff. So but in between what to do on the other weekends, we would just go explore and look at other comic book stores in like other, that's how I learned about the rest of New Jersey. Yeah, <laughs> we went all over all. Jersey and the weirdest thing, like he thought I was weird. But I thought he was weird because he was constantly stopping at a phone. To call his mom. And I was like, I didn't know who he was calling, though. And I was like, what the fuck is he doing? This is in the days before a cell phone. Yeah. Which would have made life so much easier. <laughs> but I lived under such, uh, not, it wasn't, I'd grown up with it, so it didn't fuck, I didn't find it odd. But these two were always staring at me whenever I was just like, yeah, I can't go to the movies. My mom says I've. I went I out too much. My, yeah, I, <laughs> 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 my, mom said, my mom said I was out since two o'clock, so I should be home now. And they would stare at me blankly. I remember the first time we were going to go to a movie, and I was just like, I was like, hold on, I'm going to go get my jacket. And that was an excuse to be like, go in and put FaceTime in and be like, I'm going to go to the movies. Okay. I didn't need a jacket, but I had to like go present to mom and be like, I'm thinking of going to the movies with these guys, unless you tell me I can't. And she would, she shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember she was like, no, you're done for the day. You've been out a lot. <laughs> You've been out too much today. And so uh, I was like, um, really? And she was like, yeah. I was like, okay. And I went outside because I never, it never occurred to me to be like, no. <laughs> it never occurred to me to be like, I'm 18. To start swinging at your dad. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I was like, what she said was the law. I was more scared of my mother than my father. So I was just like, you know, she's like, she just give me more of a hassle. You know, dad would just be like, what do you want to spank it or something? But 
<laughs> 18. And my father wasn't the like, let's fight on the lawn type. So it's not like he was, he was not really disciplinarian past a certain point. She was kind of the strict rule. <laughs> let's fight on the lawn. Yeah. I would scrap with my mom out the door and onto the lawn, throwing rocks in her face <laughs> in the gravel driveway. So, um, she, w- I would come out and be like, "All right, so I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna stay home." My mom says I can't go, and these guys, like, literally, Brian goes, "Yeah, come on, let's go." <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'm serious. I gotta stay here." And they both, like, the confusion that crossed your faces. I just knew. I, the worst part of it was walking back into that house knowing that that entire ride <laughs> was just gonna be like. What skewering yes what was that about and what a fucking little baby and oh my god i was like oh how do i face these fuckers tomorrow so i would i'd stop all the time and constantly call in from a fucking yeah, pay phone what is he doing everywhere i had a fucking warden man and she, as, as previously discussed she didn't respect the fact that you didn't drive. So she's right. like, you're driving this guy everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he went to New York with them. And that was something I didn't do. Like, I didn't really start navigating the world or the tri-state area until we started going to comic book shows. I was not the go to New York type myself, but because of the two of us, <laughs> one of us didn't drive. I had to like, well, I've been to New York. I think I can do this. And this is the before the GPS and right. map quest. This is just like literally pulling out a map and going, I guess if we left here and got on the Garden State Parkway, mapping it out and stuff. And so I learned the state and the area by going from store to store as we do every week weekend, looking for bargains. Looking, I remember... I remember the store it wasn't I think it was over in like it was Matawan, but it was very deep in the woods part of Matawan, like run by an Asian dude and that killing three, joke. Three three bears it was called. Three bears, that's <laughs> it. That's right. Like killing jokes still on the first rack. Printing, first yeah. printings that weren't that was an instant wall book the week it came out. Also, you got to uh empirically relive the building of a collection through me. Right. Like you had your collection. So, you know, you could continue adding to it, but the the thrill of the hunt wasn't there as much because you had almost everything you wanted suddenly there was a dude who was just like i need it all and you were like let's hunt yeah you know and then suicide squad you guys should read this you should read this and i would go out and complete that run and read it and every weekend we would go out and do something like go to some comic book store and then go eat at a mall you know or look let's, let's, let's look around it's like looking for treasure and finding gold good times oh totally times. we would go exploring and shopping and, and laugh and talk some of the best times yes hands down discovering a new store and being like oh i got everything and so it went with walt and kevin like uncle ben guiding peter parker through the moral morass of life or batman mentoring a young robin in the nuances of crime fighting but it was not just the comics universes that Walt would expose his fledgling apprentice to. So comic books, big foundation of who I am, come right from you. The next, okay, the other thing, when somebody goes, Kevin Smith. Movies, comics. Hockey. Yes. Hockey, yeah. hockey um, something that I am, I would say at this point, like almost synonymous with, and will be even more so by the time I make that the hockey flu. Uh, Pre-1988, you know, I'd never even seen a fucking... Oh, I know, I'd gotten, I'd gotten dragged to a Devil's game. But I'd, you know, never gone... In, and it, was, it wasn't interesting to me at all. It was somebody speaking about hockey passionately 
and somebody you admired liking it. And it was just like, well, there must be some value to it. It's time to reconsider hockey. And then finding acceptance from Fonzie, so to speak, <laughs> by being able to play the game like, well, we need a goalie. Well, I remember that us. day. I remember that day. What I do you remember, mean? Well, I remember we went to a, a, a like a show in the morning. Right. And you were like, you want to go somewhere else? Like, you want to hit this other? <laughs> like, lookout point. Blueberry Hill. <laughs> Fonzie. Is there a show up here? I'm like, there's going to be. <laughs> I'm going to show. <laughs> no, you're like, let's go to another. Uh, show off in let's dignity. Go to, let's go to a far. Let's go to Woodbridge and go to uh, Comic Relief. <laughs> All right, so I was like, you want to do anything else? Let's go, to, let's go to Comic Relief and Woodbridge. Point, let's dial it back. I remember that afternoon we went to a show or went to a store and I had to get back. Cause I but was we've been doing hockey. this a lot. I'm sorry. That was the point. But I'll tell you, I was definitely like, I never probably told you this though, but I was definitely very um, proud of how you became a good goalie after like hearing Ed like fucking go like, why are you bringing it? Why are you letting your little comic books fag friend play? <laughs> what do you mean? Like oh, I mean, you he delivered. was telling me, like, you, like, uh, you, so there was a moment of doubt when he said that. You were like, oh shit, maybe I backed the wrong horse. Yeah, like Walt vouched for you. Yeah, and you came and through. I, was, I came. Through. I didn't even really vouch for him. I was like, let him fucking. He wants to try. I go. What, we need another goalie. We're fucking playing with a fucking a stop a, sign, weren't we? Yeah, <laughs> it was a, it was a traffic was a cone. Yeah. Yeah. It was like He's got to be better than a garbage can. <laughs> a handicapped guy in one net, a cone in the other. <laughs> It's a ragtag league, man. <laughs> you can't play. <laughs> um, yeah, that was pretty weird, man. I mean, I, it was. It wasn't even like you know we need your skills. It was just like we need a body. Like you can move. So. And I was like, I can play. He definitely didn't want you to play, though. He definitely scoffed at it. And, really? And what you know? And then going on to like stone him and him getting frustrated at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By not being able to score on you, it was a moment where I was just like. Good, good, good. <laughs> like I was right. I did mm-hmm. back the right horse. Yeah. Um. That was the most violent activity I would see I'd ever seen in my life, and I'm like, this guy's our friend. <laughs> <laughs> he was all heart hockey, dude. He was all fucking heart, man. It was yeah, all he was, passion. He was. You just thought he was a goon. I know. He just was. Uh, what's it called? Crazy. Well, not crazy, but he was like. Um, he took it way too seriously. Like I could get he into it. He would beat it. his I own would, brother. Yeah. That's <laughs> the thing. Like that stick would swing in ways where you were like, it shouldn't. Like you see in Clerks and the scene on the roof, Ed do a fake swing they at beat each Scott other. as he walks mm-hmm. off. Yeah. Like as he walks off frame, right, he does yeah. that fake hit. That was modeled after real life. Like him just literally like hitting Steve Hornacek as hard as you've ever seen anybody hit somebody else across the back. He hit the veiny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would hit his brother. Him and his brother would fight. Like, we'd be having an awesome game. Ed would get frustrated, get in a fight with his brother, and all of a sudden, like, we'd lose two players right there. And then he would take his stick and bring it down straight through the crossbar. And, and just crush the net. Destroying the, the yeah, net that he, he built, which so was upset. made out of, like, really thin wood. But he was into it, though. He loved it. He loved playing. And he was, um, you know, and when, he, and when he wasn't, like, getting upset by it, you know, he was a good player. And um, his brother was, he was good. awesome on skates too. Yeah, skating. Yeah, remember when we used to skate like in right and once again in Highlands. Um, when we first, when I first started playing hockey, and then at one point you were like, you should get some skates. Yeah. You had inline skates. He had inline, but Ed, Ed particularly had inline skates, um, and had kind of mastered them and whatnot. And so I got inline skates, and we were all hanging out. But we but were you know skating was, at yes. night all through Highland. Like it was a kind of cool memory and a kind of cool impression of like. 
big skates, like through the back roads and then back onto onto the main drag and then down to Huddy. And nobody had inline skates at that time, yeah. so everyone, everyone would look at you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These guys and, going, and yeah. again, late at night, and there was a sense of like a quiet rebellion of like, I hope somebody fucks with this. <laughs> <laughs> there was. There was like, I hope the cops say something. Because it's like, what are we doing wrong? Nothing. Like getting the defense ready in advance and nobody ever said anything. But yeah, they were looking at us like, this is the future. This is scary. They were just like, that's gay. <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. Disco skating. <laughs> I remember my mother couldn't understand it. She's like, why on earth would you go You're grounded. <laughs> I just want to skate, Ma. <laughs> Skated to the block, called from a payphone. <laughs> One block, called from that payphone. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's the only way I can do it. Okay, at this point, we need to take a time out from hockey and skating and dissolve to a couple of years later when Kevin goes off to film school. The friendship continues to grow, but in a more old-fashioned way. When I went away to film school, Walter wrote, I have at least four letters from Walter, including like letters where, like, that's where we got the view askew clown from, from Boulder. Yeah, from a metal because band. From, he, Walter, you know, was working on, he sent me copies, like Xerox copies of the stuff that he was working on for what band? Demonicy. Was it Demonicy? Demonicy. Mm-hmm. And one was this clown in fishnets, and the clown was holding a chainsaw. No, he's holding two, like, scissors cutting off his fingers. Is that what it was? Yeah. I don't know, man. I think the first, I think the version that I saw it was him holding a chainsaw. In fact, I'm uh, quite yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a version with that, though. There was a version with a chainsaw. Was there? A monkey on his back, right? Yes. There was yeah. a monkey on his back. It was a clown in this pose with a chainsaw and a monkey on his back. And, and I remember asking you, I remember when I wrote back, don't give them that clown. I want to use the clown as the production They didn't want it. I know, but I remember like, I remember don't put the clown into contention. I don't like the clown. Like, take the chainsaw as him. Can you put a clapboard in? Um, no, it was that. I, that was the birth of the, of the View Askew, first View Askew logo. Which right. stuck around forever until... It was the ten year anniversary, and then we went with Jay and Bob. Um, and it was the it was in those well, those drawings were contained in letters that like I'm not going to oversell them as uh, you know as Shakespearean, but it was a dude who was you'd write like you'd fill a page with words, and there would be an arrow, and you'd flip, and there'd be more words on the other side, and it was all encouraging, which was weird because you were not like you wouldn't be an encouraging person, and like you wouldn't be discouraging, but you'd be more encouraging in print than you could ever be in the real world. It's asked me to write though. Yes, totally. Yeah. But you were the only one that did. Brian, who I was very close with at that point, never wrote. <laughs> Walter didn't seem like the writing type. And Walter wrote religiously. <laughs> it was like you and my Aunt Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> and Aunt Barbara, like you would send drawings. Aunt Barbara would send 20 bucks. But you would send encouragement. You would constantly keep me updated on what was going on. And you would send me uh, copies of the artwork that you were working on. Okay, now we are going to dissolve forward a couple of years. Against almost impossible odds, Kevin Smith has made and sold his first film, Clerks. He's on his way to fame and now has a little fortune in his pocket, so he turns his ambition in a different direction to owning a comic book store, a fantasy hatched over a hundred trips to other stores with Walt. But of course, at this point, Kevin is too busy writing and directing big-budget films, so who is the perfect person to run his new dream comic store? Walt Flanagan, of course. But inducing and seducing Walt to come work for him would prove harder than working with Bruce Willis. After all, Walt had a job, a 
a job he loved at the Highlands Recreation Center, a job he could see out of his back window, and most importantly, a job he could walk to. I always had a long-term dream of yeah, one did. day I'll own the comic book store. There's a guy, the dude Steve Dave, uh, who owned Comicology. Comicology yeah. was the, the comic book store in Red Bank on White Street, Mar- Monmouth Street. Monmouth Street. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> few years. The fucking mayor of Red Bank over yeah, here. My bad. I don't even worked here. It's, it's, it's weird that you bought bullshit. a store. You don't remember the name of the street it was on. No, no I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a few years, Walt. <laughs> Some details. <laughs> and I was one street over, right? Monmouth and White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, 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 okay Within yeah. a block. <laughs> it's not like I was like, wasn't this in Keensburg? <laughs> I can't remember. And then, so if you're saying that was 96. He comes back at you and is like. I'm leaving the country. Yeah, I'm going to give it to you for a lot less than what we were talking about. It was about. substantially yeah. less, um, if I recall. I thought it was half. It was 25 and you were just like, I'll give you 30. Or 27 and you were like, I'll give you 30. Right. Yeah. What a negotiator. Which he would have been like, usually you go like 27. He was hoping for 25. Right. right, right. <laughs> He's just like, fine, but wait, what? <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I guess I had a chip on my shoulder about the whole thing. Or I didn't mind over. You had a chip with him, though. Do you remember he wouldn't accept your check that time? Yes. That began when I first came. Oh, mm-hmm. I do remember that. That came. I was like, that was that was like Southwest Airlines before Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Twitter's like, I got so righteously indignant where I'm like, do you know what my check's worth? I, like, well, I you brought, brought articles. <laughs> articles, press articles. Because <laughs> he, he wouldn't do credit cards. He right. was all cash. And I'm like, dude, like I'm going to be spending much cash in here. Like, look how many books I buy. Look how many books he buys. Like, let me pay by check. And he was just like, no, I don't know. I don't know who this is. He was, I mean, fine guy, but he was like comic book store guy. He was lot. really not likable. Really? <laughs> no. He wasn't, he wasn't, Unlikable, but he wasn't likable. He was just no, he abrasive. Was, he, I don't know. He's so funny that we're all afraid he listens. <laughs> <laughs> we're all pretty sure he listens. He's in Thailand somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Listening on Radio Time. Abrasive. And he hears it six years later. <laughs> Come hunt you in your 50s. Why'd you say that, Walt? So, um, and this is when you brought me and my wife in. I told my wife, I was like, Kevin wants to open a comic book store. And she was like, I don't think that's a good idea. You got any benefits. <laughs> you come to me, you came to me much even earlier than that. You came to me right after clerks Insane. in a snowstorm at the First Avenue Playhouse. First Avenue Diner in a raging blizzard. Okay. After clerks. I guess after you got money. Okay, yeah. When I came home, January or something? Yeah. Post Sundance. You're like, I want to open up a comic book store and I want you to run it. Okay. And I was like, Definitely, that'd be awesome. Let's do it. Because I'm like, it's not going to really happen. Right. <laughs> no confidence in his friends whatsoever. It's like, we have dreams. You're like, yeah, everybody goes at home. <laughs> you what never get that? that balloon too high because when it falls, it fucking, it shatters you. I know. So you just. I know, but I've spent the, I've spent the better part of the last uh, 20 years trying to show you the balloon could right. go out a lot. Now I believe in your balloon a little bit, but at that point, though, balloon. that balloon, <laughs> that balloon Bubble. had just gone up, though, at Clerk. So why would I be like. Yeah, he's gonna he's rallying and open up. Need to wait a decade or so. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Like, why? Think about because it's a fucked up business. Yeah, but like, like I had fucking done something like, hey man, I just sold a movie. Like, ta-da. I know that's why it was hard. It was hard for me to be like um, make that first decision to be like, no, I can't. I can't come full time, but I will help 
any way I possibly can. Like I'll work weekends. I'll do everything. This is what you said. This is what this was initially to you. I said yes to it when you presented that offer to me in '95 or '94. Yeah. I said yes. Yes. Because I was like, well, yeah, we'll see what happen. happens. Right. <laughs> but then finally, I guess it. You see where it can. It, it, this can actually happen now. Yes. There's a store. Before you get while you're in negotiations for the store, you ask me, okay, we're going to do this. I go to my wife and she doesn't think it's a good idea. And I, a lot of me still is like, I don't know if I can do this either. Because I eventually bought the store in 97. You bought it in 96. Tail end though. We, probably... yeah. we opened up, we opened up right after Christmas. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. what talking about. Me and my girlfriend, Jill, we went in and we painted the whole store because you wanted to paint it Superman colors yeah, yeah. and we had to go and put, put all the books weeks. back up. took a long time. Yeah. So at that point, the only, when I come back at you for when I really buy the store, you're like, come on, I'm buying it. But I already told you I was not going to come over right. and leave my job for it. You get me, me and my and wife Mo. in. <laughs> me, I, I say, come in. I say, hey, man, I want you come to come in. Come into Red Bank. Store. Yeah, I want, Red I, Bank. bring your wife. We want to talk about the story. Wait, why do I say bring your wife? Because my wife is very scared. Okay, so before that, before <laughs> the whole bring your wife, I've already had a, previ- a, a conversation with you in the recent. Yeah. And when was that? Is what I'm asking. A couple of days, weeks like this is going to happen. The wheels are turning. Mano a mano. Me yeah. by you. Not, mm-hmm. And then you're going, ah, I can't, I can't, I can't, or I would right. like to, but Deb. And then I say, bring Deb in. And we'll yeah. go over I'm going to sell it. Okay. Mosier's there. Mosier's in your office. Now, this fellow, Scott Mosier, is Kevin's film partner and producer. In other words, he's the practical half of the partnership, the guy who counts the beans and watches the checking account balance. Mosier's there. Mosier's in your office, and you're making the case that, like, um, you're committed to it. It doesn't have to make money that first year. Like you're hitting all the beats to uh, assure her that mm-hmm. you're not going to be like, ah, oh, you know what? It didn't work out for a year. I'm going to have to close it. Mm-hmm. And, and that um, was your big concern. The big concern was that you we'd be open very briefly, and then all of a sudden that would be that. Right. I, you know, after a year, I'd be like, I can't keep doing it, dude. And right. you would have walked away from benefits right. full career 11 year how many did we say uh at least over a de- over a decade okay so her reaction was why the fuck is the canadian dude here no no, it was, no. <laughs> who's that um it was just weird to see him try to get passionate about it when he, he probably really wasn't passionate exactly, about you it know what i'm saying i'm sh- and believe knowing scott <laughs> I'm sure he'd be like, why, why, are we, why are we overpaying him to do anything? I don't get it. He doesn't seem to want to leave his job. Leave him alone. What, and what, what was, was it presented like this will be a salary and it was bigger than the rec salary? Oh, you're going to match the salary. Of the rec. Yeah. And then say that it'll, I guarantee it'll stay yeah, open. It'll stay long. open and you know, we'll, we're committed to it. And um, we left the meeting. My wife was like, well, We'll think about it. We'll definitely think about in it. We'll room. give, yeah. And I was like, yeah, you know, we can't say yes right here. And you were not like, you were not like unhappy with that, but you're like, come on, just say yes. You were right. like, you didn't want us to walk away without a, without an answer. Right, right. But she was. I didn't want Doom and Bloom to get in the car to get, <laughs> start raining <laughs> my happy parade, <laughs> like practicality. So we go, um, we go home. We talk about it, and. Um, it still wasn't enough to, for me to, to jump full with both feet. I had to go in just with a little bit. And, and that I, to- I said, like, I'm going to, I'll come in and 
I'll do all the ordering. I'll do all this and I'll work weekends. I'll work weekends and, um, you know, we'll, we'll let, I, I don't know why. Kev, what you got to do is call a guy who's not going to listen to a broad who has nothing else to do anyway. So, I don't believe know, me, I, you, you start uh, answering prominently in a second. Yeah, so I guess we're like, you know, give it, let him do it and um, I'll run it from my house, uh, like in terms of ordering product and everything. What happened was um, I ran the store for a while. I left to make vulgar and then I was going to come back, but then I couldn't come back because Muse had taken over and you needed to keep him there so that he wouldn't go out and get in trouble. Now, for those of you uninitiated in the Kevin Smith universe, this fellow, Jason Muse, was and is another very close friend to Kevin Smith. In fact, he's had prominent roles in many of Kevin's films as half of the semi-fictional Jane Silent Bob characters, which the current store is actually named after. Jay is a recovering addict who is now doing well with his sobriety, much better than he was doing when Kevin put him to work behind the counter of the stash. But then I couldn't come back because Muse had taken over and you needed to keep him there so that he wouldn't go out and get in trouble. We'll just flat out say Right, and then... Heroin. Right, and then it was less than a month later, maybe mm-hmm. I, I yeah. and I get the call from Walt. He's like, can you take over the store again? I was like, why, what happened? And Muse had been into some nonsense, and we lost. Him. So I, yeah, and he was never really like. Joking no, he was getting customers to watch the store while he ran out to get. That was the most amazing thing that <laughs> happened when I heard about that. He would literally, people come in like, "Oh my God, it's Jay from James Hunt from from Bunk. Bunk. Oh, I gotta go get cigarettes. Yeah, Hang like, out. Hey, hey, watch up? the register. <laughs> Can you watch this place. I gotta go get cigarettes. Oh, I'll be right back. Just what? Snooze to the news. Don't answer the phone. It could be Walt. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> <laughs> this was a dude who was, had been in like at least two features. Um, I, in my mind, I remember doing that. You, you did the halfway thing for two years. You're saying less, one year, maybe a year and a half. Still won't come over though. I won't come full, full two feet. Yes, just one foot in or a toe in. Um, so when that store opens up, you wouldn't go full time on it. So I turned to Big, and Big was just like, yeah. But Big wasn't a comic book guy, so it wasn't like the lure, the luster wasn't there. And it was I had a perfect view of the universe, and it was just like, I just got to get him into the comic book store. Once I can do that, everything will be fine. <laughs> All right, so after about a year and a half, you decide to come full-time because I come at you with a third attempt. Come at a third attempt, you remember? No. We're on, a, we're on the road to... A store, a video store that's going out of business in uh, Howell. Okay. I like, I, I, there's a store I said that it, it, we, if we go there, we can buy racks. Okay. For um, spinning racks the for spinning five racks. bucks. Okay. I do remember. I know those racks are still here. Yeah. The, we still got those racks. And in the car, you were like, um, you're coming at me with an offer knowing that my wife is pregnant with our first child. Yes. So, which is even more like, I'm not taking it, bro. I can't. Right, right, right. She's security, pregnant. security, security. Yeah. And you make, and you're like, you make the pitch. I go home and tell my wife and she's like, well, what do you want to do? Like, I'd like to do what I said, but I can understand if you don't want me to do it. Cause I said, it's too scary. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I think you should do it. Cause I don't want to be, I don't want to be the one that um, keeps you in a place you don't want to be. Cause you'll always resent it. So do it. And if it doesn't work out, she said, you could find another job. We could always get divorced. <laughs> yeah. you, you'll find Here's another job. <laughs> so she gives me the blessing and I call you and I say, okay, I'm on. 
I think I went up from the original offer of like, we'll match mm-hmm. your salary. Yeah, you went up. So I guess there's three attempts, and at the third, I win. Yeah. <laughs> you finally and I lose because I'm out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were going. You, you were so. Good. God, one, because <laughs> we were only two years at Mama Street. Once we opened the doors, I remember we started getting international traffic. Like people yeah. over the first year, people would come over from England, and that blew everybody's mind. But it was so <laughs> like I can't believe they're coming all this way to go. Like there's nothing to see. Like we didn't have props up. Really, we didn't have, it was nothing. I mean, you would see people from the movie, and that was cool. And chances are you'd see Jason Mewes, and he'd give you the keys to the store. (laughs) You might even get to work the store a little bit. (laughs) You might actually get to 10 register and rob it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, it it was, it had its charm, but it was, it was always comicology, and we just repainted the window and repainted the walls. And, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to move the store. And I'm like, motherfucker. Yeah, he started pouring all sorts of cash and I'm into like, it. What is he doing? I'm like, why is he moving it? I got him. I got him. <laughs> I was like, now that he's in the hole. We got all our shit going good on Mama Street. You know what I like? The difference between that stash and this stash is that stash felt like every comic book store we had ever gone to our entire lives. And this feels like the stash. Like, this is a very distinctive comic. Yeah. Mama Street was ghetto-ass, like, let's patchwork well, it together. Yeah, I mean, right? Mama Street was literally, let's move into somebody else's, let's inhabit somebody else. We were hermit crabs. We went from, <laughs> you know, fucking, there's this tin can Put on Steve Dave's shell. <laughs> exactly. And I do remember this motherfucker fretting, too. Why do we need this shit? Oh, Why? Ooh, it's all the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, always. Always. Walter's always been phenomenal at watching the bottom line. And, like, the more... Money was poured. And anytime I was like, I was always thinking about we should get the second floor. Uh, Why? Why? Uh, <laughs> he always gets irate. Everything's going fine. You don't need it. It's almost like I'm like, let's have another kid, Walter. <laughs> and you're like, and everything's then, fine. Perfect balance. And yeah, then you're cowed into like, okay, that was a bad idea. I, I always <laughs> took the mindset, though, if you were going to give it, if you were going to put me in charge, you I was going to treat it as if every dollar was my dollar. That, that's so abundant. And uh, that's, that's been clear for you. <laughs> and then when I literally describe it in those terms to people, I'm like, Walter runs the store like it's Walter's store. And that's what you want. Somebody who's going to treat it like, you don't run the store like we ran Quick Stop. That's sure. <laughs> no, well, I mean, like, let's say I want to order something truly expensive. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not sure if it's going to sell. I'm not ever like, well, it's Kevin's dollar. No. No, I, sit, I go home. I go home and I think about it. I think about it and I fret about it. And if like if I give it two or three days, if I if I still have that answer, like I I don't order it then. Yeah, oh, I believe me, dude. You've, you're you are beyond reproach and question when it comes to the stewardship of the shop. <laughs> you may take a lot of heat from people who are like, just spend his fucking money. Who cares? Fuck up. But you have. Who said that? <laughs> I said that earlier today. <laughs> I remember. I, I remember though. Like I took it. I almost took that stance even when I wasn't here full time though. Right. And um, oh, right, my balls. Mark. I was right his balls. Yeah. <laughs> what do you, mean? you know, I would, I, he would mark stuff up so that I unwittingly would give the discount and get it back to the normal price. <laughs> awesome. But also, I would get mad at him though if he goes, I'm going, um, I call him, I don't know, and he's like, Yeah, hey, I, I got to go right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's five o'clock. Because, yeah, no, I got to got something I got to do. I'm like, what the fuck? You can't close this early. It's like, I'm going with Kevin. And I was just like, <laughs> So? I don't, I can't. 
my boss, <laughs> like who's saying, who's saying, come with me, we're going to go to a movie, and, and I, I got to answer to this like, asshole. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but if fucking the store is posted there, they're like, why do we even post the hours then? I, I was annoyed. Yeah, true. Uh, I don't know why. I should have been. Treated it, we treated it more like uh, a comic store <laughs> clubhouse, and you treated it like, this is a fucking business, you idiots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kev, I can't go to the movies. <laughs> Walt said no. <laughs> you can't go to a later movie? <laughs> uh, when we first, I remember when we first took over this place, when this place was set up under your watch and the counters and blah, blah, blah. And in the beginning, I took more of an interest in this store than the other store, and I would move shit around. And then I would come in, and the shit would be moved back into different places. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you made it, it was very much like, if this is my place, this is my place. And you made it clear up front. It was probably, I don't know if it was intentional, but right away, it kind of like, I was like, hands off. I didn't understand. And in the beginning, I was just like, why can't I put that door through? <laughs> I know. I remember. I lived with I you at the time. Yeah. Was just like, I don't know, man. Like, like it's a really cool job, and like we doubled the salary, but he won't let me put a dark figure over where I put it. Like he put it. He literally moved it. Because maybe it was old, and I want. I was maybe I wanted to move the. Like, oh bullshit! It was just like this. Don't fucking go here. Yeah. In the move, you can hear the disgust in your voice. Like don't put that there. Put this here. Um, all right. So that's how you got to the wreck. So well, wow. Not to the store. Information to the store rather but if you think about it i mean i'll I'll lay this on you the theory that i'm working on is all of my success is predicated on you because since we met and started hanging out i was always like i got (laughs) i gotta impress this guy (laughs) because when i went to the wreck i didn't I, i went friendless when i took that job in september of 88 i had kind of broken up with my friends as it were as the year would go on, like uh, Bellicose was dating uh, Jane Kurtz for a long time. They were pairing up in a big bad way. Uh, Ernie w- O'Donnell was paired up with this other girl, Lori, in our class. And, you know, and also when you couple up, it's like, why well, do I want to hang out? I'm trying to get laid. I want to come with someone else. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with a dude. So we had kind of all drifted. And then, um, like, do you support the theory try. that everybody tries harder with Walt? You must. I listen to your fucking show. No. I mean, you have to at this point. It seems like you may be the most powerful individual, the most powerful agent of change in all of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, at one point, I do what I do, and then I'm able to be like, let's do this, let's do this. But it's all predicated on your approval. If, if we don't start talk, talking comics... That doesn't develop. And if we don't start talking hockey, that doesn't develop. And our friendship doesn't develop. I have no friends at that point, actually. If we don't start talking. I'll, I'll go with that. But to say that uh, like you're like you wouldn't have done anything is ridiculous, though. I don't know. Think about Mallrats. Think about Clerks. Like, so it wasn't the, like the you're not laying in bed clerks. Going, I'm going to make a movie for Walt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there was definitely a sense of try harder to get to. I, I, am I crazy? Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. Um, I mean, who else do you know that's a more powerful one? Well, I mean, who else? Do you. you? Yeah, I know, but, but but chase tracing it back. In order for my theory to work, it can't. You can't trace it back and stop. Can't be to you. You go one step further. It's like true. You watch True Blood. Mm, no, no, that's you a vampire show, right? Yeah, 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 yeah it's no. good. It's a good mm. show. You should. You would dig it. What would be considered the maker? the first vampire that makes you a vampire and then like you spend your whole lifetime loyal to that to your maker you're always there from him blah 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 you you really did kind of kick start what does that say though like the guy who doesn't have a license 
works three hours a day, and you guys are like, we what kind of losers are you fucking we guys? Impress this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, yeah, obviously, I'm no self-esteem. <laughs> now, it really is time to say goodbye and end this story, but in taking Kevin Smith's Vampire Maker Theory back one more generation... We have to hear about Walt's mom. In my youth, though, my mom would take me to any complex she store she ever saw. You. She saw it in a newspaper, like a complex store opening, or um, we would go all over. Why do you think your mom was so encouraging about the comics? I don't know. It was, it was. I look back on it like she was like so weird. You grew up to be a comic book. You run a comic book store, and you're a professional comic book artist. Like literally, you're like your mom's like Gretzky's dad, <laughs> you know, like putting, you know, putting him in the car and taking him to practice. Yeah, not, like, not as anywhere. bossy. <laughs> <laughs> but she would take me any to any comic book store, and if I like, let's say, uh, like, um, I remember when the Watchmen hardcover came out from Graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighty six, eighty seven, eighty seven. Actually, sold out everywhere. I told her I was like, this is before eBay, before going online and trying to find. It. I was like, yeah, there's a book that came out, and I didn't get it. She goes, well, 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 I got to do it tomorrow. And I'm old at this point. And she's like, we'll just drive around until we find it. And then we just drove around. But your, your mom was. Now you're a parent. Yeah, Don't I do that. Yes, it? I do that. Yeah, I'll do that for my kids in a heartbeat. And it, like that is but a also, great memory. But though. that is. But also, like, think about it. How rare. Because you were a late teenager at that point. Right. Most people would be like, I'm not driving anywhere with you, mom. <laughs> but you actually like imagine how as a parent now, you can imagine how charming it must have been for her to be like, I get to hang out with my teenage son and he's not rebelling. No, he's no, not... we had a good time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's she has of... like she has somewhat not as crass as my sense of humor, but she's got a sense of humor and we would laugh about shit too. Thank you again for taking your valuable time to listen to Maxie's Taxi. And thanks always to Mrs. Maureen Keeler, Dr. Bob Cole, Dr. Gerald Flannery, Studs Terkel, and This American Life. And of course, the greatest of thank yous to the three boys of Highlands, Kevin Smith, Walt Flanagan, and Brian Johnson. Again, they've got a slew of podcasts that they've been putting out for over 10 years. And if you Google Smodcast and navigate a little bit, you'll find any of them. Oh yeah, and Walt Flanagan has one final thing to say in response to somebody's comment on the internet that he was not very fond of. But that's something that bugs me, though, um, is that somebody was like, fucking, everybody can't have their best friend fucking give him a job, wait for their fucking friend to give him a job. <laughs> but like, I mean, like, you gave me a great job. Yeah, yeah. But like, I wasn't like I was on the dole waiting for you to give me a job. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody ever. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you're referring to what? Somebody, where'd somebody say this? Somebody, I said, I, I saw it on the, on the, um. On the view skew board? On the view skew board. Someone wrote that we all can't wait for our best friend to give us a job. <laughs> Some of us can. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of annoyed me because it wasn't like I was on public assistance and you were like... No. I had my eyes fucking married. I had my own house. By the time you took over the conference store. Yeah. Yeah, you were well established. And the job that you had at the rec center, it was like totally good job. It was a Oh, I, yeah, job. I love that job. You've been there for years. It was a great job, but what you were offering me was... Everything a dream you ever job. wanted in life. Right. Uh, like I said, I, I wasn't waiting around for my best friend to give me a fucking job. So that fucker who posted that shit. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Fucking, I hope you heard that shit. Because <laughs> nothing could be fucking farther from the truth. <laughs> <laughs>